it was kind of fun to see how many of them made it back to their seats with all three of the coins. I think there was maybe one. <laughs> um, I, know, I know what some of you are thinking as you stare at me and wondering uh, why I have not changed back to the robes yet. Uh, and I want you all to know it's I've promised Marcus not to do it until after he leaves. And uh, so you've got a few more weeks of this, and, and it's my gift to Marcus uh, upon his, his departure. <clears throat> We've been in this series where we're talking about generosity, and, and I'm sure that most of you by now have caught on to the repeated uh, teaching from this, that our generosity has been gifted to us because we are ones who have received God's generosity. The generosity that we possess, that we have, is, is part of the spiritual gifts that we've been given, but it, it really flows and comes from the foundation of Christ alone and the generosity that he has shared in each of your lives. And you should be able to recount that generosity that has come to you, for certainly this is what is meant by being prepared for the hope that you have. Because you've been given this tremendous generosity by the Lord. You are one who has received so much, something that you do not deserve. You are one who has received grace upon grace, as John talks about in chapter 1. You are the recipient of eternal life, of a kingdom. You are called into God's family. The generosity of Him does not end. In fact, His generosity towards you keeps going on even after you are already in the grave. The generosity doesn't stop even then. What we read here, though, in Luke is actually an accounting. And we're not very used to discussing this or talking about this. One, we're not used to discussing and talking about money, period. But even in the Lutheran church, talking about the accounting that is called for, the one that is given. Our reading comes at the end of the parable of the dishonest manager. And the statement that is, that is made is one that is often hard to deal with because it does not strike at our understanding of equality. It does not uh, make us feel good as those that maybe don't have a lot or those that do have a lot. One who is faithful in very little is faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Talk about a broad stroke <laughs> that has been painted. And if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Christ calling us to an accounting for that which we have and for the honesty with which we have possessed it and with which we have managed it. So I ask, have you ever been given much? Has anybody ever handed you something and, and put you in the position where you are now in charge of it? And most of us have occupations and jobs that, that probably has happened at some point in time. And we know, of course, those old sayings, uh, 
uh, that come, I actually have to look at it. <laughs> they say with great power comes what? Great responsibility, right? And so if you've been handed this, this thing or this great wealth or this program or this job or something to be responsible for, a classroom or a child, this is a great responsibility as you shape and form whatever this may be. But we also hear, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And what is it that you've been given in Christ? You've been given a crown. A crown of salvation has come to you. The accounting that we are being called for is not only our tithes, our offerings, or our wealth, but also our salvation. In what ways have you treated that salvation? In what ways does your crown look today? There's generally two things we want to do with that. It's, it's hold on so tight to where nothing could ever hurt our salvation or hurt our crown. So we take it off and, and we put it in a little box and we kind of hide it, you know, wherever we hide those uh, documents that we don't want destroy. We put it in that closet to, to keep it there. So that section, that part of my salvation can always stay there and then I can go about my business without it. But then there's also wearing this crown, having this salvation with us out into the world and knowing from where it comes means it comes from somewhere that is always giving it. And as you are given it, you can give it. Not something that's hidden away. Here Jesus is actually talking about the opposite of the way that we often think of our riches. Our, our way that we are raised and talked about in this world and even in this country is as I gain and grow in it, I am to hold on to it. It is mine. I've worked for that. So we hold on to it, hoping to continue to let it grow wherever it is and there it can stay just with me. But Jesus is talking about the wealth that He has given you and He has given me to freely give it. To be dishonest with it is to hold on it, to it and hide it away. To keep it as my own. But to be righteous with this wealth, to be righteous with the things that God has given you is to be so free with it. This is the freedom you've been granted. This is the freedom of the crown that you have. is to literally be loose in giving your salvation to others to have as well. How have you managed your salvation? How have you managed the wealth that Christ has so willingly given you and called you to? Here in Luke, we are called to an account. So how are you doing? Jesus gives us a picture throughout all of his ministry as he's walking and talking and leading his disciples. 
where he discusses the salvation that has come so freely to us by him as a gift of God, and one that even in your stubbornness or even in your shrewdness hold on to so tightly that the Lord brings life into it. But he calls that salvation his. You'll remember well the, the story of Jesus standing in the temple with his disciples. And as he's standing there in the temple, they're watching people come and go as it's a common public space. And as, as there's coming and going, there are those that are bringing in their tithes and their offerings. Do you remember this story? And they have those that, that are, have great wealth. And as they're bringing in their great wealth, they're, they're, they're making pronouncements about it and, and making sure people are seeing what they're doing here. Uh, what they've accumulated and how they're able to kind of now give it to the Lord and, and make sure that people notice about it. And what often sticks in our mind is, is the, the widow comes in rather quietly, right? And she, she gives over some portion that she has that is, that is just a, a fraction of the wealthy. Jesus speaks of the kingdom being hers, of salvation being hers. What we look at and we see with the wealthy man is, is probably someone who maybe is being free, or at least that's the perception that we have of, of his giving. But in reality, who is his giving all about? Anybody? Himself. His giving is about himself. His salvation is about himself. He's worked for it. He's earned it. So glory to him alone. But the woman who gives over everything, even though really in reality to others it may mean nothing, is all about God. It's all about Him. That is knowing salvation. That is knowing the gifts that have come to you. That is the freedom that Christ has won for each of us and the crowns that all of us possess. To have such freedom as the widow did. You have that as well. So that in our portions, in our giving, in the little that maybe we've been entrusted with, or the lot that we've been given, which is our salvation, we manage it and we give it away. Jesus continues to talk on more of this. There it is. <laughs> These screens are killing me. During this portion of Matthew, later in, in Matthew, when he's doing the seven woes, and, and one of the woes he, he gives that he's giving to the Pharisees talks quite a great deal about this. And maybe if you could just join me in reading it, it's only two verses. So you can do this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, 
justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You and swallowing a camel. Now, I'll let you uh, interpret that last portion there freely or at another time. <laughs> but here, Jesus is speaking of the tithes of which that is being given by these Pharisees, the ones who are making these grand pronouncements and making sure people are counting what it is that they're giving and out of what. These would be the ones to broadcast and make sure everybody knows what they're giving is. And here they are giving over these fine things of, of beauty uh, and sound like the beginning of some sort of drink or something. I, but what they've neglected, what they neglected in their giving, what they've neglected in their salvation are the very things that they are to give to others the very things that is part of their call as the people of God. The weightier elements of justice, of mercy, and of faithfulness. Because we've been entrusted with each of those things. Each of those things touches every part of our life. The justice of God and the mercy and His faithfulness has come to you in the salvation He has granted you. The justice and mercy and faithfulness that you have received from Him is His way that He has never abandoned you when you have failed to live in these things. The justice and mercy and faithfulness has come to you even in the wealth and the gifts that God has given you. But the Pharisees failed to receive it that way. And they failed to share in that way. Their giving, their tithing, their life was to show their heart of piety. But every moment they did it, their heart got farther away from God's intention. So here in your justice, in the peace, and in the faithfulness that God has given you, that has touched you in every place, in everywhere, in every part of your life, It's calling, it's calling this to be part of our tithes and our giving. giving. I cannot speak of your life individually. I can speak of the way that the Lord speaks about your life and the way that He has given you these gifts, but I cannot give an accounting for you. But I can say I have seen these things at work here at Lamb of God. I have seen this justice, this peace, and this faithfulness in the ways that you are with one another and even with those who aren't like us. A couple weeks ago, I was in my usual mid-afternoon slump at about two or three. And I, I needed the way I fix that, which is coffee. <laughs> and I was over at Coffee Clatch just stopping in and, and picking, picking out my coffee to go. And somebody who I had never met with her children stopped me and said, you're, that, uh, you're the Lutheran pastor here, aren't you? And typically when somebody says that, it's not good. 
Yes, I am. She said, can you, can you tell your church something? <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> can you tell them thank you? Thank you for everything they've done. <clears throat> thank you for everything they've done in this neighborhood and the works that they've done among our community. And then she said, oh, and the remodel looks very nice. <laughs> I've been a part of a lot of churches. But that has never happened before. That is salvation shared. That is the crown that you've been given in Christ being shown. That is the justice, the peace, and the faithfulness of God being used. And it is happening here. And by the will of God, it will continue to happen here. As a community, we have been given this charge, and we each have received this gift, and we will continue in the endeavor that Christ has given us to reach it. So may this not only be true in our acts as one church, but may this also be true as we leave here as a church going out. That we look at all the places Christ has delivered this into our life and we answer the question of how God is glorified in them. Because for us, this is a great joy to do. There's very few moments like that moment at Coffee Clatch. But that's just a small glimmer of the way God has used you. So let us, in our giving, in the generosity Christ has not only given, but won for you, continue to be the people he has made us, the people of justice, of mercy, and faithfulness. Amen? Amen.